I wonder if you have ever had a sense of alienation. You know, at times, all of us, I suppose, wonder where we are, what we're doing, why we're here, and where we're headed. I suppose every man who at some point in his life reflects deeply about life, about its meaning and purpose, has felt that sense of alienation. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, I don't think you can answer that question just yes or no. I believe that the scriptures would have us answer the question yes and no. Let's try to understand what leads to this sense of alienation. Really, there are two senses of alienation. That's why there are two answers to the question. In Ephesians, we read that the Gentiles, that is, the unsaved person, the one who does not know Jesus Christ as the one who shed his blood on the cross for his sins, the Gentiles, the unsaved persons of this world, are aliens and strangers from God. Alienation of that sort is bad. Alienation of that sort can be absolutely devastating. It can lead a person to the place where he says there's no meaning, there's no purpose in it all. What's the use? Men have driven cars off of cliffs, have jumped from skyscrapers or bridges, have taken an overdose of pills, or have taken their lives in a dozen different ways out of that sense of alienation, the meaninglessness, the purposelessness, the uselessness of going on without a God who made it all and for whom it all exists and to whom one is going to spend his eternity with him forever. I can understand how terribly lonesome and empty a life can be when it is alienated from God. The whole book of Ecclesiastes, I suppose, as it speaks of the unsaved man and his attempts to find meaning and purpose and happiness in this world, says it again and again in dozens of different ways. All is vanity without Jesus Christ. But then there's an alienation that's different from this. There's an alienation that comes even to the one who knows Jesus Christ. And you may have sensed that alienation if you are his child. It's an alienation about which Peter writes in his first letter. We read about that in verses 11 and 12. He says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Now, in this passage, he's speaking to Christians. He says, Beloved. Now, that's not unbelievers. When he addresses people in that language, he's talking about those who have been saved. And indeed, in the two verses that come before, it's very interesting that he should use the word alien and strangers because he has just finished saying to Christians, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. 
you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Very interesting that people who had been alienated from God and who had been lonely and sensing that deep need of meaning and purpose and belonging that existed until they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, people who were once no long, not really a people at all who had anything to do with God, but who now are God's chosen people, his chosen race, his people that are his own by possession, and uh, his people who now have been gathered together in his name to serve and love him, the people to whom God says, I am your God and you are my people, that these people should be called aliens and strangers. You see, you're all aliens or strangers. It just depends upon who you are alienated from. Every man, woman, and child is born alienated from God by his sin. But when he comes to Jesus Christ, he becomes close to God, and those who were afar off come near, as Paul says in Ephesians. But as they come near to God, in fact, the nearer they get to God, the farther they get from others around them who do not know God. And so we're like foreigners. We're like strangers, we who have come to know Jesus Christ and who have tried to live for him. We're like foreigners and aliens and strangers in a land to which we do not belong. And that kind of alienation is good. That's a kind of alienation that really stems from coming close to God and finding a real security and meaning and finding a closeness in him that can be found nowhere else. Well, let's think about this a little bit. In Philippians 3.20, God says that your citizenship, you who know Christ, is in heaven. You see, we're not aliens from God's land or from the people of God any longer. We have a citizenship that Jesus Christ has purchased for us by his blood. We, like Abraham and those men of faith mentioned in Hebrews 11, are seeking a country which is a better country than any country that we have here. It's a country that is a heavenly country. And because we seek that heavenly country, we keep moving here. We never really settle down in this world. We have our citizenship in another world, in another country. Now this should make us good citizens here, but it should not make us the kinds of people who are satisfied with being here. There should be a deep satisfaction and longing in the heart of every Christian for his homeland, for the country toward which he is moving in heaven for that city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God, a city not made by human hands that is only temporary and that shall be shaken when God shakes all things, but a city that when everything else comes collapsing down around him stands sturdy and bright and firm, a city that lasts, that is as everlasting as the hills, that cannot be moved or shaken, because this is the city, the heavenly Zion. That's the place to which we belong. And it's important for us to recognize this fact, because it has a tremendous bearing upon the way that we live in this world. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about this attitude of a stranger and what it can do to help you to live for Jesus Christ, how it can help you to solve problems, 
how it has an awful lot to do with your orientation toward the various temptations and the various difficulties with which you must struggle in this life. So I hope you'll be able to tune in on the broadcasts that follow as we continue to pursue the question of the Christian as an alien and stranger in this world in which he now lives. But right for now, remember 1 Peter, the second chapter, in which he says, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Lord, help us to truly and honestly face up to the fact that we don't really belong here. May we not live like we do. May it deeply influence our every decision that we belong to your heavenly country. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen.